Hey everybody, Amanda Grownie here and I am with Jamie Monahan and we are really excited to be here with you guys today. Um today we are going to talk a little bit about um you know difficult things that happen in our lives, sometimes devastating things that happen in our lives, but how actually a lot of the time, those things in hindsight, you know, because it doesn't happen immediately, <laughs> but in hindsight, they turn out to be really big blessings, blessings in disguise. Um, I was listening to a, a teacher, a spiritual teacher named Adya Shanti, and he was um, talking and telling us how he went to see a spiritual teacher named Ram Das, which I'm sure some of you guys have heard of Ram Das. And Ram Das had a stroke. And um, Ram Das called his stroke fierce grace. And so we know we, we've heard the, the phrase being graced by God. And Ram Das looked at his stroke as being graced by God, but in a pretty fierce way. <laughs> right? And so I just, I so related to... Uh, him when he spoke about that because I've had so many, you know, instances and situations in my life <clears throat> where I really thought it was the end of the world. You know, I thought those specific situations, it was, it was so tremendously difficult and I didn't know, you know, I thought it was just the worst thing that ever happened. And it actually turned out to be beautiful opportunities for you know me to go deeper for me to go deeper into into myself and you know when Ram Das talked about his um you know stroke being fierce grace you know that gave him the opportunity to to surrender into the divine now, you know, because that's where whatever you believe in, whether you believe in God or the divine or um, whatever the case may be, there is a, a, you know, a universal spirit and, and that universal spirit is in the now, it's not any place else. And so when we can ground ourselves down into these challenging opportunities it just kind of well actually these challenging opportunities force us to ground down into them because what happens is we're given these um crisis points so they're called they're crisis points and and these crisis points they can't be solved they cannot be solved you know and so they give us conscious contact with the limitation of the will and I didn't come up with that sentence Atya Shanti did that was I was listening to a talk by him a while ago and and he said that and I was like oh my gosh that is just amazing I'm gonna say it one more time it gives us conscious those crisis points give us conscious contact with the limitation of the will which renders the ego totally powerless and when the ego is rendered totally powerless, <clears throat> we have two choices, really. One choice is to keep fighting. And I've done that. <laughs> I've definitely kept fighting, even though I was completely powerless. And what that does 
is it makes me, it makes us suffer in a tremendous, tremendous way. Or our other choice is to completely release our grip Mm -hmm. on uh, and completely stop fighting. Mm -hmm. Stop fighting what is. Stop fighting and, and stop yearning for how we want things to be. And it allows us to fall into that space or it allows us to rise up into that space of emptiness and of the unknown mm-hmm. when we have these crisis points and we're rendered powerless it keeps us we have the opportunity to rise into the space of of the void where we don't have control over what's happening at the moment all we have control of is how we respond to it and what we do with it mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know in 2009 i think it was you know i i'm i'm i've been in recovery from alcoholism and addiction for almost 12 years now and in 2009 um and before that my life I was an unmanageable person before that even. Even when I was young, you know, I had a pretty um, interesting childhood, kind of traumatic childhood, really traumatic childhood actually. And so I grew up in a space of just not really knowing how to navigate life. And so I, I just, I never knew how to manage ever. Could never manage complete social anxiety. I mean, depression, you name it, I had it, and I was unmanageable always. And, you know, I became addicted to drugs and alcohol, and I just wanted to get out of that pain of not knowing how to manage being a human. And so in 2009, I got arrested, and I thought it was the worst day of my life, you know. But it turned out to be, like, this this fierce grace that that I was given, this fierce grace, because what happened was it turned me into the person that I am now, you know, I was forced to go through all of these different things, these different situations because of that, because of being arrested and because of my addiction, I was forced to go through all of these, you know, um, experiences that became a huge blessing that helped me to grow and helped me to go deeper and helped catapult me on this spiritual journey. You know, and then again in 2012, my grandmother uh, passed away unexpectedly. And I had no idea how to deal with that emotion. And I was newly sober. I don't know how to deal with pain that deeply. And so I resorted back to an eating disorder, intense eating disorder, and I became suicidal. But again, what happened was fierce grace because that, that I, I was, I was rendered so powerless in that situation. I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, I need to do something a little radical. And that's how I found the Vipassana, the silent meditation retreats that I do now. And they changed my life. They saved my life. Fierce grace again. You know, they turned me into somebody I never thought I could be. So, you know, beautiful things. And then my husband and I, you know, in 2015, my husband and I unexpectedly separated. It was a big surprise for me. I came home and half of his stuff was gone. Uh, Again, rendered powerless, you know, crisis point. 
But there I was, you know, left with myself. And I took that opportunity and I dove deep down into my guts and into my soul. And I allowed myself to be transformed and changed from that pain. Again, turning me into somebody I never thought that I could be. You know, using those things to dive deep. And because of that situation, I had never been independent before. Guess what? That catapulted me into learning how to be an independent woman, to learn how to stand on my own two feet, to learn how to stand in my own power. So all of these things that happen in our life that we think are like the worst things possible, there is always, always, always a blessing in those crisis points. There's always a blessing if we're able to surrender into it and not fight it and that and you know that's that's what we do you know we just learn to surrender more deeply and more deeply and more deeply and ground into this divine moment and then when we do that what happens is we're able to show up in huge ways for others and we're able to be of service on this planet you know Jamie, what you got? Wow. (laughs) Amanda, you know, I'm just, um, I'm almost speechless. You know, I just, the way that you can share your experiences from the heart, um, I can just feel it sitting across from you. And after hearing you share, I wanted to share something personal as well that also brings me back to 2009 when me and my husband um, became married that year. And it wasn't very soon afterwards, maybe about a year, um, we decided that we wanted to start having children. And just the thought of it, of sharing with others that this was our intention, brought so much joy. And the thought of being a mom and Brian being a dad. And as month by month went by and my period continued to show up, we realized soon afterwards, about a year or two, that we just needed to maybe seek some help. Still feeling hopeful and joyful at the thought that, hey, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but this is something that we really wanted in our life. Uh, We sought out our doctor and we sought out other doctors that began to do tests. Three years into the process, we're still talking actively about having this baby and being mom and dad by having this baby. And after about four years, we decided to venture into a fertility clinic. And the experience was very new, but yet we still envisioned this baby as making us mom and dad. So we did a procedure called an IUI. We did two of them with... um, Uh, various forms of medication to help assist the process of becoming pregnant. And I will tell you that that was probably, it was some very hopeful times, but when my cycle once again reared itself that month, um, I started to fall into a place of despair. And there were many nights that I cried at the thought of not being able to conceive because to me, that's what would make me a mother. And having Brian hold me and just 
just not understanding why this was happening to us, not just not knowing why, you know, not having a reason why we wouldn't be able to be a mom and dad. It just didn't make sense. And so then we decided to just take a break. We took this break from just trying to conceive and once again, very quickly, we hear others tell us that that's when it happens, is when you stop trying, it will happen. And even though technically we told each other that we were going to stop trying to conceive a baby, it was constantly in the back of my head. And it didn't mean that I still didn't experience this feeling of despair, of just this path that we thought would be so easily laid out in front of us just not really going our way. And the idea of this not happening really made it difficult for the both of us. So as we, as the year went by, the conversations of having a baby still arose. And even though it might have been something that we talked as actively as we had done before, it was still very much present in our hearts. And one day we had a dear friend send a video to us and this was a TED talk and I always enjoy a good TED talk. And this one was about depression and it kind of at first kind of startled me because I wasn't quite sure why my dear friend had sent this to me. But as I began to watch the video, I quickly realized that the topic had uh, revolved around adoption and infertility. And it was this first time that the word adoption had come up for Brian and I. And it had really brought to the surface of what we still wanted and that was to expand our family. That was the first time it was brought up and we didn't really talk much more about it. But as the year continued and as the opportunity to possibly bring a baby into this world didn't happen. We decided to take a step into the unknown. We didn't know anybody that had been adopted or had adopted nearby. So at that time, and it was just, it was just really, really new to us. And we started researching online and we found out there were so many different organizations and so many different ways to adopt and do you want to adopt a baby do you want to adopt a teenager I mean Amanda it was just it was a lot it was almost overwhelming and so we started slowly but surely just sending emails and trying to get more information and we found out that through the state of Florida they offered this um, adoption program that required classes And it was definitely for the best, Amanda, because we were stepping into the unknown. I mean, we're moving from this place of of despair and this place of why is this happening to me and why is it not working out the way that we thought it was to, okay, could there be a different path? And what we found out is that both Brian and I wanted to adopt after going through these classes and realizing that it was a way to expand our family. So as we went through these classes, there were many times though, as I looked at him, I asked him, is this something you still want to do? Because with adoption also comes trauma. And there are so many things that I didn't even realize going into it that being an adoptive parent, 
that there were there would be its own set of challenges. But even with these challenges that were brought up, Amanda, it, it did not for a moment take me and Brian off track because we knew that in our hearts, this was something that we could do together and this is what we wanted. So after we completed these classes successfully and submitted our applications, it wasn't until eight months later that we get a call that we were matched with two children. Boy, was did that bring us so much joy. Oh, just thinking about these two children and the possibility of us being mom and dad. And it was so new to us that we also knew that there was this adoption event that was also a couple weeks away. And we thought to ourselves, could we still go to that? Maybe just seeing what was, what was um, all of, how do I say this? Just going to this event just to learn a little bit more about the children that were looking for homes. And we decided to go and it was at a bowling alley. And boy, Amanda, I've been to a bowling alley like <laughs> many times. <laughs> but boy, this time was a lot different. Let's just say that upon arrival, I had to excuse myself to go to the bathroom because my body was shaking uncontrollably. Knowing that my possible children could be in this bowling alley brought tears to my eyes. I just, it was so hard to keep it together. I hadn't even seen them or talked to them. It was just the thought of, I'm, I'm, I could be possibly closer than ever being that mom that I've always wanted to be. And so as I stepped outside of the bathroom, they quickly showed us where we would be bowling. And I met a fabulous young lady and young man, nine and 10 years of age. And um, along with us was another couple that was also interested in adopting. So it was a it was an interesting aspect of the the get, getting to know everyone, but at the same time, we were hugely respectful because I'm sure they had their own very special story to share. So after this bowling event, which included conversations about gymnastics and yoga, which I absolutely love, and getting to know more about the young man's interests, which uh, we thought was really cute, and they opened up both to us. Me and my husband had dinner that night, and we both reflected upon our opportunity to meet this young lady and young man. And in our hearts, we knew, Amanda, that we could envision ourselves being a family, helping them with their homework at the table, taking her to gymnastics, him to football practice, if that was their heart's desires. And as we communicated this with the adoption agency, they brought to our attention very quickly that there were several other families that were also interested and did we want to continue to pursue? <laughs> Without a doubt, we just knew this is, this is what we needed to do. And we pursued them with every cell in our body. We knew that we belonged together. We went to every meeting. We did everything we could to let them know that we were never going to give up on him and her, that we would be there for them forever with unconditional love. And Amanda, not knowing if we were going to be their mom and dad for that period of time, almost felt like I didn't know if I was pregnant or not. It was like, am I, am I, are we going to have kids or are we not? And I'll never forget the day that we got the call that we were chosen as their mom and dad. 
And the journey begins from there. And Amanda, we had stepped into a place of unknown that we never, ever thought we would. But it was through fierce grace that we were able to open up our hearts and understand that we could love so big. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Jamie. That is a beautiful story brought me to tears a few times so amazing um so that's what it's really about you know it's about walking through these crisis points that were that were given in life you know and allowing those whatever comes up from those crisis points whatever emotions come up from those crisis points allowing those emotions to flow through us and not fighting that reality, not fighting that crisis point. And in not fighting and in surrendering, therein lies fierce grace. So thank you all so much for joining in this vulnerable conversation today. And um, we are sending you all so much love. Yes, we are. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.